Yeah, people don't change between high school and adulthood. I mean, clearly and, I mean, he you hasn't. Didn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's crazy that we're in a full-blown Christmas mode. I got an advent calendar for the first time. I'm so sad I can't do an advent calendar because I'm going to leave. Get a 12-day one. I just only ever see the 20, the full 24 because for some reason they never have something on Christmas Day. It's always only up till Christmas right. Eve. And I'm like – You're like, I know I'm getting presents, but fucking finish the job, man. Yeah, give me a big piece of chocolate on the 25th. But um, what kind of advent calendar did you get? Did you get just like a chocolate one or – So I went to TJ's and I was like – I feel like they're going to have some sort of jam or mm. cheese. Like I feel like – I've seen the chocolate ones, but I was like, I feel like they'll have something creative. So I literally ask when I come in, I'm like, do you guys have any advent calendars? Mm-hmm. And one of the people who works there was like, oh, no, we're all sold out. And I was like, no. I'm going <laughs> to cry. But then I did my shopping and I went into the aisle that has all of the crop I don't need, like the moisturizer and mm. the – dog treats and stuff like that. And there was an advent calendar for 12 days and it was a candle advent <gasps> calendar. Oh my God. I love that. I know. I was like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. So I bought it and the first day was a rhubarb candle. The Ooh. second day was vanilla and they're really potent smelling. Like if I leave it in, on in a room, I walk in and the room is scented. Amazing. Like it's really nice. So I'm, I, I love it. Yeah. I'm like a gift to myself every, every day. day. <laughs> it's the best. It's truly the best. And there are so many like cool different kinds of advent calendars. Like you can get wine advent calendars or like you can get the beauty ones from Sephora and stuff like that. Uh, I was at a dispensary the other day and they had a weed advent calendar where every day you get a different pre-roll. You were at a dispensary? My roommate was getting stuff. I wasn't getting anything. Okay. <laughs> But they had a weed one where you get a different pre-roll every day. And I was like, that's wild. So the options are endless when it comes to Yeah, the wine one sounds really fun. I was going to ask Nora because I remember her mom got her wine advent calendar once. Yeah. But then I was like, I don't want to spend that much money on it. Yeah. I was at a brewery (laughs) the other day and they had beer advent calendars. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to be leaving before the, the advent calendar would end. But alas. They're like, excuse me, ma'am, you can't take uh, 12 <laughs> cans of beer on the plane with you. I'm like, well, I guess that makes I sense. I should have checked it. <laughs> but we hope that everybody is, you know, feeling the festive mood, uh, staying warm out there as it's getting chilly, oh, yeah. trying to, you know, keep your spirits up as it gets dark at 445 now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I It's going to be hard, guys, but we're going to get through it. Yeah, we are. And uh, we have another movie for you today that was, once again, picked by the listeners. This was, shockingly, to me at least, I think our second most requested Christmas movie to cover. Yeah, uh, this was requested by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we do a poll, we have to honor the poll. Yeah. <laughs> 
no matter what our so, personal feelings might be. Yes. So today we are doing the 2005 movie. <laughs> Not classic. <laughs> Just Friends. I got to say right off the bat, like, what the fuck, guys? Why? <laughs> Why this move? I was just so surprised. I need to hear your opinions on it because I, you know, I I love Anna Ferris. Yes. Okay. I love um, that guy from American Pie whose name I'm forgetting right Chris now. Chris Klein. Chris Klein. Yeah. Hottie. Amy Smart. She's fine. Yeah, she's I don't fine. really, you know, yeah. I do not like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'll admit it. P- people are going to yeah. come for my life right now. Um. <laughs> This, it feels like when we admitted that we don't like Pitch Perfect that other movie that and, won't be named. <laughs> and we um, that was our soft cancellation. Um, yeah, that was the reason why we got canceled. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, like, Ryan Reynolds, I just, I don't see it. I don't get it. Like, personally, I just don't find him particularly, like, charming or like his brand of comedy is not my brand of comedy i almost feel like his face is too symmetrical Mm. like he he comes off to me as like this like perfect guy yeah it's a little too a little too polished and like i feel like yeah the polishing of it there's just something that's not working for me that makes it difficult when he is you know the main character (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, as we'll we'll talk about, we'll get into mm-hmm. it. We'll get into it. We'll yeah, get. I'll, yeah, that's yeah. all I'll say for now. Mm-hmm. You take take the first Canadian fun <laughs> fact. So, well, should we do the numbers first? I don't know the budget for this movie. Does it not say on Wikipedia? No, it just said the box office. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. What is this? What I've just so I was looking for the budget, and I see this article from 2011. From the Hollywood Reporter saying, Just Friends financier to recover $3.4 million after tax credit money goes missing. Whoa. Foreign sales agent on the 2005 comedy starring Ryan Reynolds is on the financial hook after a late Oscar-winning producer mysteriously esconds with Canadian tax credit money. I did wonder if some of the money for this movie was from, like, uh, the Canadian government, because you get a, like a big tax break when you film something in Canada, and also if you hire like Canadian actors, of which there are quite a few, and I'll discuss that momentarily. Mm-hmm. But isn't Ryan Reynolds Canadian? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, it's a, we don't know what the budget is. There's a lot of uh, everything's kind of everything's shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of lore, if yeah. you will. Lots of lore. <laughs> I know that the movie did pretty well, though, at the box office. Like, it was considered a success. I think it opened sixth that weekend. Was It It was a successful – I think they made $50 million, Yeah. But I don't know what the budget was. That's the thing. I think that probably they had a pretty small budget because, uh, as our next fun fact says, they did shoot this in – Saskatchewan they shot it in Moose Jaw and Regina and then also like the first initial scenes they actually did film in LA and I was like you didn't need to do that like there's one exterior shot and like two interior (laughs) shots but you needed one drone fucking 30 second clip (laughs) you needed one shot of a palm tree and you were good but yeah so we don't know how much money this film actually made it's all a mystery yeah 
Um, we do know is that this movie was inspired by the writer Adam Tex Davis's real life experience in the friend zone. And I would say that that really shines yeah. through. I would. I was watching this film and I was like, you know what? This feels really. This feels really personal. Like this feels so personal. Like somebody is really using this movie as a way to cope, <laughs> cope, and um, you know maybe dabble in some incel like thinking. And yeah, uh, kind of like recreate reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and be like, oh, let me rewrite history where I win right. in the end by not really having to do a lot of growing. So that tracked once we read that fun fact. <laughs> uh, the character Samantha James, played by the incredible Anna Ferris, definitely Love like her. the standout in the movie for me. Uh, her character was inspired by Paris Hilton, who actually auditioned for the role, but they ended up going with Anna. She was, you know, a more experienced comedian. Yeah. I loved her performance. Uh, I would have been so curious to see Paris in it just because it would have added like another layer of very like, meta stupidity yeah. <laughs> and like silliness but um mm-hmm. yeah I loved Anna Ferris. yeah they originally wanted to cast Bradley Cooper as Dusty but he had scheduling conflicts with another project so they ended up going with Chris Klein mm-hmm. who I think did a really great job definitely and uh the house that Chris lives in is uh the same as the one that they used for Adam in the movie Mulholland Drive, which I've never seen before, but I've heard is very good. Um, and also, like as I mentioned, they filmed this in Saskatchewan. And for any of our Canadian listeners out there, you're likely familiar with the classic Canadian sitcom Corner Gas, which I used to watch with my family a lot because my okay, family is from Alberta. Crazy, because I read that fun <laughs> fact. I was like, oh, no one's going to know this. Oh, no. And everyone everyone in Canada so will sorry. know this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so there's a few of the <laughs> actors in this movie who are from Corner Gas. Uh, the most notably is the guy who plays Clark is Hank in Corner Gas, which is like oh, one of the cool. principal characters. But yeah, I used to watch Corner Gas all the time, like with my family. Is it just like a little sitcom? Yeah, basically it's set in this teeny tiny little town called Dog River, which is not a real town, but you know, there's a million towns just yeah. like it in Saskatchewan. And it's kind of like there's one grocery store, there's a gas station, which is called Corner Gas, and attached to it Mm -hmm. is a diner. And basically the setup of like the beginning of the series is that the lady who ran the diner like dies and she leaves it to her uh, niece and her niece, she's from the big city, she's from Toronto, and she moves (laughs) to this like one horse town in Saskatchewan to like run this diner that's attached attached to the gas station and it's you know it's like a little fish out of water story it's like kooky there's always something crazy going on it's very like gilmore girls-esque in the way of like oh this is like a weird town with all these like weird people like taylor you know i was gonna say when you were describing i was like this sounds very like dozy's market luke's Mm -hmm. diner yeah but i do find it interesting that if it's in the Northeast and it's a small town, it's like, oh, my God, it's so quaint and cozy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like in Canada or like in the Midwest, oh, there's this one-horse town. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, Nothing's happening here. So boring. Yeah. Well, especially because of the landscape of Saskatchewan because that's like 
kind of I guess it would be like Midwest of the country because it's like BC, Alberta, then Saskatchewan. It's actually kind of like in the middle of the country. And the landscape is just like canola fields as far as the eye can see. There's like no mountains. There's (laughs) nothing. It's just like flat. So, yeah. Yeah. That's corner gas. Um, Canadian listeners will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, um, before we get into it, we just want to remind you that our Patreon movie this month is Falling for Christmas. We had a really fun time recording that app. So if you want to listen to us talk Lindsay, uh, feel free to check out our Patreon. Yes. And you can also join our Discord. There are a bunch of fun perks. Mm-hmm. Um, you will get a movie montage song that fits your life. We have like a form you can fill out. Mm-hmm. It does take a bit of time. So as a disclaimer, it might not be the first month that you sign up, but you will receive one. So absolutely, yeah. rest assured that they are coming. Yes, we have another round rolling out uh, as we speak. So without further ado, shall we head into this gem of a film? Let's just <laughs> slide right into it. Beautiful. Opening, 1995, New Jersey. Chris Brander is played by Ryan Reynolds is writing his inscription in his best friend Jamie Palomino's yearbook and he's like I want to be more than friends cut to him singing I swear to this wall of hundreds of pictures of them I hate it and it's so <laughs> crazy I mean she I'm assuming she must have seen it because they are good friends yes and She's like been in his room, Mm -hmm. but the obsession is not good. Mm -hmm. In the midst of this, his brother comes in, makes fun of him, and he's like, you're a loser. Also, they put Ryan Reynolds in this like ridiculous fat suits, and I just hate fat suits. Like I think it's – A, it's like mean, and B, it's just like cheap comedy. I'm like – Yeah, I was reading a quote from like – I'm assuming it was the director, and he was like, yeah, we figured we have Ryan in this, like, ugly, like, fat suit makeup, and we're going to, like, ugly Chris Klein up, too. And I was like, you guys are so – this is why the movie, in my opinion, isn't good. Yeah. Because it plays on these, like – I guess at this time weren't outdated tropes, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like there is too much insincerity that it doesn't land. Yeah, and it – what they're kind of playing towards is like, oh, the only reason that she's not interested in him is because, like, he's unattractive. Like, that's the only thing it could be because he's so nice to her. Yeah, he's so everything. He's obsessed with her. What more could a woman want? And I'm like, she just doesn't like you, dude. Like, <laughs> it's insane. I'm going to save it before I, like, fully go off the rails about my issue yeah. with the core of this film. But... We cut to Chris riding his bike to Jamie's house. He has her yearbook. And when he gets to her house, he is surprised to see that there's actually like a whole ass party going on. And he meets up with his friends, Clark and Darla, who are a couple. And they explain to him that, you know, even though it was supposed to just be them, like Jamie's parents decide to throw like a whole graduation party for the whole class. And I'm like, very cool parents. Right. (laughs) So and there's alcohol. There's booze there. Oh my god! Yeah, but I assume I isn't it actually legal? 
I could be wrong. Isn't it legal in Canada that when you're 18, you can drink beer? Yes, but this is set in New Jersey. Oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> I, okay, keep going, yeah, please. So, I mean, it depends on which province you're in in Canada. Like Alberta, for example, okay. which is where I was born, uh, the age is 18. And I'm pretty sure it's the same in Saskatchewan, but here in Ontario, the age is 19. But the oldest age anywhere in Canada is 19 for um, drinking. Gotcha. They basically talk about how, like, this is Chris's night. Like, he's going to tell Jamie how he feels. Like, he's got to double down and do it. And he's like, okay, where's Jamie? And they're like, oh, she went into the garage with the football team. But <laughs> Clark is like, you got to do it, man. Get yourself out of the friend zone. So Chris goes into the garage where Jamie is, like, drunk. She's dancing and, like, runs up to hug him. Is like, oh, my God, it's my bestie. And then she, like drags him up to her bedroom. I feel like you can relate to the dynamic of a male best friend. Yeah. Absolutely overstepping their bounds. Yep. I can't relate to that because um every I'm like not nice enough for a guy to be <laughs> to like get oh that yeah. Close. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, um, I had a I had a dynamic that was not unsimilar. Right. To this movie, and it was it was coming up a lot for me. So I think that's also a reason that I like hate this movie so much is because right. I have been in that position where like a guy has liked me and I've not reciprocated feelings. Someone who I like really trusted and considered a friend, and I'll talk about it a little bit more later as it's more relevant. But yeah, yeah, it's not a it's not a fun time when you're the yeah the person that is liked in that situation. Yeah, I also feel like it's just so individual, like. There are people who can be friends with someone and then the friendship grows into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And there are people who were like, no, we're just friends. Like it, it just yeah. depends on the person and on the situation. But yeah, let's let's assume everyone has the same yeah. sensibilities because mm-hmm. they're a woman. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> so in Jamie's room. Jamie, like, jumps on the bed. She's drunk. She, like, kicks her legs up in the air, like, kind of, like, shows her underwear a bit. And Chris is, like, ready to explode already. And he, like, tries to tell her about his feelings when this football player, Tim, comes over. And he's like, Jamie, sign my yearbook. And he drunkenly hits on her. But Jamie, like, sends him out. And after he leaves... Chris and Jamie immediately say they can't believe that she went out with him. And then they do this thing. They're like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, jinx. It's like, yeah, they clearly have all these humors and like inside jokes. And yeah, exactly. So Jamie lays down in Chris's lap when another man, Dusty, comes in with his guitar and he's like, Jamie, I wrote a song for you. It's called Jamie Smiles. And he starts to play the song, but he keeps messing up. And he's like, Jamie, smile. <laughs> he's like, damn it, damn it. And Jamie like turns to Chris and she, she's like, help me. And Chris gets up. He's like, hey, man, why don't you, why don't you come back another time? You can practice a little. And like ushers him out of the room and Jamie tells Chris that she got him a graduation present and asked him to put it on. And it's like this T-shirt with their faces on it. But there are cats drinking a milkshake. And it says, shakes come and go, but friends are forever. Sure. 
But Jamie is like, oh, let's go show my mom. And he's like, no. And someone starts knocking on the door and he kind of has to like push Jamie down onto the bed and be like, yeah. just read my yearbook sign. Like, and so she opens it up. He walks away and she starts reading the yearbook inscription, but it's not her yearbook. Mm. It's Tim's. And Chris realizes that and he runs out and realizes that Tim has the confession. Yeah, so Chris runs downstairs where Tim is doing a traumatic reading of Chris's message to the entire school. Very cruel thing to do. Everybody is laughing and Jamie comes downstairs and Chris is like, no, no, no. Like, you guys, it's just like a joke between me and Jamie. Like, it's it's not it's not what you think. And everybody is like, oh, my God, look at his shirt. And it's just, oh God. it's a bad time. It's a rough one. So Chris starts to tear up and runs out of the house to his bike. Clark and Darla are trying to like calm him down and Jamie runs out and she's like, Chris, like, is that really how you feel? Because that's the nicest thing that anyone has ever written me. And he stops and he's like, oh my God. And she tells him that she loves him and she leans in, but she kisses him on the cheek. It's not quite uh, what he saw in his mind. And she's like, I love you like a brother. We're friends, right? And this is this is Chris Brander's origin story, his villain yes. origin story right here. Mm-hmm. So that's when Tim and his like football goons start laughing through the window and Jamie yells at them to knock it off and leave Chris alone. And Chris is like, you're all jerks. I'm going to show you this town is full of losers and I'm pulling out to win. I'm going to be somebody. And rides his bike away. I did read that. This is like a paraphrasing of a Bruce Springsteen song. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it's Thunder. Thunder Road? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. I did find this to be a little funny when he rides away. Yeah. But um, anyway. Present day, <laughs> a Christmas party is happening. There's like a go-go girl swinging inside of a cage shaped like a Christmas tree. So we pan over to Chris and this girl named Athena talking to him. And she's like, listen, the sex is good, but my needs are more than physical. And she speaks to Chris. He's like totally checked out, just playing with the little pearl onion in his martini. And she's like, Athena is out. He could not care less. Yeah. And turns to this other girl at the bar and he's like, man, I can't believe I just got dumped four days before Christmas. And he's like, well, technically you didn't intervene, so you're an accomplice. And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, in some cultures they'd spank you for that. Vomit. I would literally vomit if somebody said that to me. It's not good. No. And she's like, oh, well, I love to travel. And they go off to dance. Another thing, I also find it hard to believe that he would be good at sex because – he he's care about so people. yeah, he's so emotionally closed off. I'm like, this dude doesn't try. He's not going above and beyond to make sure his right, partner is right. satisfied. Are you kidding me? Would have to agree there. So we then cut to Chris. He's playing a, a little game of hockey for his league. His team ends up winning the game. And I was like, this is such a weird thing to include. And I was like, oh, they literally included this so that they could have this ice skating scene later on in the film. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, he's like 
talking to yet another one of the girls on his roster and he calls her like a bad bunny i was like this is so ugh, i hate this guy ah! so <laughs> and then starts talking to his friend he's like oh how did last night go he's like oh yeah i ended up going home by myself and they start talking about this girl sheila that his friend ray is trying to like date slash hook up with and he's like yeah we're going to lunch today and chris is like whoa 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 buddy whoa whoa you're going whoa. to hey hey, hey 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 you're going to lunch with her that's an express lane to the friend zone and he's like what's the friend zone he's like oh it's when they like they treat you like a friend and they <laughs> see you as a non-sexual entity and i'm like yeah like God regular forbid. friendship because maybe if you actually enjoyed being someone's friend and mm-hmm. like confided in them you wouldn't have such a fucked up sensibility and you would be better adjusted maybe if you didn't see women purely as you know sex objects or you know, when people that you're you put niceness coins into so that you can then get a reward. <laughs> so you can get a fuck coin. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe if you saw women as people. Radical, I know. Radical idea, yeah. Yeah. So he tells his friend to change the day date to a nighttime date and make sure that you kiss her at the end because friends don't kiss. Mm. So Ray tries to call this girl, it goes to voicemail, and Chris is like, Oh, it might be too late. Like if you find yourself Going into boyfriend, you know, or not boyfriend, but like just that territory, you got to walk away. And Ray is like, how do you know all this? And Chris goes, oh, yeah, some girl really messed me up in high school. And I'm like, really? Did she mess you up or did she just not like you back? Yeah. You make it sound like she actively was like toying with you and like wanted to humiliate you. She just simply didn't return your feelings because she's not entitled to do that just because you're nice to her. He's like Mr. Rewriting History over Mm -hmm. here. Mm hmm. So that's when also like there's this whole thing as he's explaining the friend zone. He's like, yeah, look at that guy out on the ice over there. He's doing everything he can for this girl. Like, what a fool. And the girl is, like, smiling at Chris. So she comes over to say hi to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw you, like, flirting and smiling at me out there. How could you do that to your boyfriend? And she's like, oh, him? No, he's just a friend. Oh, no. He's in the friend zone. Oh, no. There's no worse fate than a man who who can only be friends with a woman. The horror. Kirstie is the Arthur meme right now with the little fist <laughs> I really, I really am. Grinds my fucking gears. So we cut to Chris's office. Red Bulb Records. He's a music executive, which I'm like, we never even got a glimpse of him enjoying music. Like, right? I don't know how he ended up in this career path, but... Yeah. Sure. And um, some guy is like rubbing out a stain in his boss's office. And he's like his boss, Casey. Who's that actor? Oh, I have no idea. Stefan Root. He was in Barry, Office Space, King of the Hill. He was a voice actor on that. He was in Dodgeball, No Country for Old Men. He's been in a bunch of stuff. And this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he really just got like a small role as as Casey, the boss. Mm-hmm. And then Chris comes in with a present and Casey dismisses the c- carpet guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so Chris, what are your holiday plans? But he just wants to show him this clip. And it's a clip of Extra talking about Samantha James played by Anna Ferris, And she's in like this 
third world country promoting vegetarianism and tells the viewers that she'll also be releasing an album soon. And Casey is like, Chris, I want the album. And Chris laughs and he's like, yo, she is a crazy person. And he's like, Chris, hey, I'm not the one who dated her. And Chris is like, it was one date and I ended up in the hospital. So Casey shows him a poster of Samantha with whipped cream on her breasts. And he's like, this is the hottest selling poster in the U.S. Everyone loves her. Well, not only is there whipped cream on her breast, but also she has a chocolate covered banana going into her mouth. I did not notice that. <laughs> yeah, she's like literally holding a, a dripping chocolate covered banana. Um, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Chris is like, okay, I know where she's recording. I'll go to make you happy. And he sends Chris out and then asks the guy cleaning his carpet to get him some lobster. He's like, Daddy wants a fish. Chris. The comedy is so weird in this movie. Yeah, it was not it was not hitting for me. But we go to the recording studio and Samantha is recording her album, like Girl Can't Sing, It's Not a Good Time. And I'm like, you know what? This is supposed to be based off of Paris Hilton. Let me tell you that she had some fucking bops. She had some bops. Okay. Put some respect on Stars Are Blind. Put some respect yeah. on Nothing in This World because I still listen to those songs to this day. But in any case, <laughs> she's like singing the song. And then she like kind of cuts the take and is like, okay, which jokester changed the key on me? And they're like... <laughs> nobody it's been the same key for the past 43 takes and she's like i just need my guitar like i can't do this like bubblegum pop star bullshit like i'm an artist i need to hold my guitar and they're like we have to record the track separately <laughs> but <laughs> she's like she starts singing about how they're all assholes and they end up like muting her and the music producer who actually played the mayor in corner gas he's like oh, okay. chris She's all yours. So everybody, I guess, leaves so that Chris and Samantha can talk. So she sees him and she starts like banging on the glass. It's like, oh, my God, Chris. She finally ends up like coming out of the booth and she is like, Chris, I can't believe it. Runs and like jumps into his arm and starts, (laughs) quote unquote, like making out with him, a.k.a. just just, like licking her tongue in there and like. Uh, it's a bad time. And she's like, so are you here because you miss me or because your boss wants to sign me? And he's like, both. And she's like, well, that's okay. (laughs) And then she says that she wants to lick his skin off and jumps on him again, like pushing him on the couch and just starts like unbuttoning his pants, asking about his holiday plans. And he's like, oh, I'm going to Santa Barbara. And she's like, oh, I'm going to Paris. I'm throwing a Christmas party. I'll call my assistant. Let's fly out tonight. I'm going to Paris where Paris Hilton's throwing a party. She's like, we're going tonight. That way we can work and play. And uh, she's literally about to, like, pull out his dick, essentially. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, oh, my God. I wrote a new song. I need to play it for you. It's about forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness. Means never saying sorry. <laughs> I actually kind of liked that song. Yeah. Like in a comedy way. Like if she yeah. did like a little comedy album, I would be like, sure. Yeah. So they hop on the PJ and 
that's where Samantha finishes her song and get a little like transition moment. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what do you think? And he's like, my God. And you could tell he just thinks it's total crap and he's yeah. keeping it in. Then he's like, Samantha, what do you have in your hand? And she's like, oh, it's a taser. My publicist gave it to me to ward off stalkers and pretends to like tase him. And she's like, ah. And <laughs> Mans is freaked out. Mm-hmm. Then she takes out this literally <laughs> 50-year-old Tupperware container with like tin foil, and she's like, mmm, ahi tuna. And I'm like, there is no way no. that you, someone who is like rich, try, within the private chat, like the whole nine, you're taking out a 50-year-old Tupperware with leftovers with your ahi tuna. And you're microwaving it yourself? I just don't believe that. No. I don't believe that there's not food on this private jet that would be, like, pre-prepared, ready to go. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that a Paris Hilton type is like, oh, I'm flying to Paris? Better bring my leftover ahi tuna in my Tupperware for the flight. Right. Right. Exactly. So weird. (laughs) So she goes and microwaves it. Turns around, it's immediately sparking because there's a fuck ton of tinfoil in the in the Tupperware. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, Chris, I'm so happy Casey got us back together. And he's like, yeah, you're awful. <laughs> but, like, she doesn't listen. Yeah. And Samantha suggests stopping in Ireland. They can find out where you two lives. Maybe they could get him to sing back up. Meanwhile, the, the microwave is just continuing to flame and catch fire. Yes. So naturally, they have to make an emergency landing because uh, she set a fire on a plane. They, like, extinguish the microwave. They say that they're not going to be able to fly back out until tomorrow morning at the earliest. Mm -hmm. Samantha is super pissed off. Chris asks where they are, and he's like, oh, we're at a private airfield an hour outside of Trenton, New Jersey. They're in Jersey, baby. Mm -hmm. So Chris is, like, horrified that he is back in his home state. And Samantha thinks that they're being punked. She's like, where's Ashton? Where's Ashton? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes me think about how common this was used in, like, movies and TV back in the day. Oh, my like, gosh. I'm being time. punked. Where's Ashton? Because, like, the show was such a phenomenon. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. And now, like, probably people who weren't alive then have no idea what punked is. I, it, that's so sad. Yeah. Although there is a Pluto TV channel. That's only punked. Whoa. And Phil and I have watched it a bit. Yeah. <laughs> really funny. Yeah. So Chris and Samantha head over to his mom's house. Carol is beyond excited. She like screams. Yeah. And then starts crying. This is also the mom from uh, She's the Man. Oh, wow. Okay. Because yeah. um, Phil was like, I – don't know this actress anywhere except for Airplane. Oh. The movie Airplane. She was like a flight attendant. I've never seen it, but I know her best from She's the Man. And she's very funny. Yeah. She's great in that and in this too. I really enjoyed uh, her performance. That's so funny. I didn't recognize her at all. Yeah. But yeah, so did you write their house is huge? Question mark, question mark. Yeah, it was. it's massive. Like every time they show an exterior shot, I'm it like. It is really massive. His house is massive. Um, Jamie's Amy, house is huge. Jamie's house is gigantic. Yeah. So Chris takes his bags up to his old room, and the shrine to Jamie is still intact, which is crazy because he hasn't been here in 10 years. Yeah. 
and he starts pulling down all the photos. So Samantha and Chris sit in the living room with his mom, Carol, and Samantha starts talking about how quaint the house is. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you were so provincial. And says he's a real rags to riches story. Like, how great are you? And his mom is like, oh, usually Chris flies us out to LA. You know, it's been 10 years since he's been home. Then Chris's little brother, Mike, comes out. He is shocked to see Samantha, whose poster he has in his room. And he's like, yeah, I slapped the ham to it about an hour ago. Why would you say that? In front of your mother. (laughs) Yeah. In front of your mother. And Carol is like, what ham did you slap? Not the one I just bought. And Samantha's like, "Um, do you have anything else to eat besides ham? I'm on the Paracone diet and I need salmon. So Chris is like, you know what? Um, I'm going to start drinking. Anyone want anything? Salmon? So Samantha and Chris, they go to the local bar. I think it's called like the Maple. Yeah, the Maple. It's like bar and tavern. Yeah. And Samantha's like, oh, my God, we need to like get in, get out. Everybody's staring at me. Nobody's looking at her. Not a one. No. Which I also didn't get because there isn't. She never is in a situation where there are, like, fans or paparazzi. No. But she's supposed to be this gigantic star, and I'm like, that's also unrealistic. But yeah, absolutely. Suspending my disbelief. Mm-hmm. So that's when Chris spots Clark and Darla, his old pals. They are shocked. Like, they don't even recognize them at first because, again, apparently the day that Amy rejected him – Amy. Jamie rejected him. I keep wanting to say Amy Sherman Palladino. <laughs> I just keep wanting to call her Amy because that's the actress name. I'm like, yeah, Amy Smart. Oh, Amy Smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently once she rejected him, he just fucking skipped town and never, ever came back. Yeah. Super weird. But also like, well, I'll, yeah, I'll, go ahead. I'll, yeah. I'll say what I'm after. <laughs> so they don't even recognize him because they have not seen him since the weight loss and everything. Basically, long story short, Clark and Darla are now married. They have a kid. Clark is a dentist now. And then Chris has to introduce Samantha to them, who, of course, is acting insane, like very aggressive when she meets them. <laughs> and she ends up kissing Darla on the lips and is like, Darla. And then walks away. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Tim, football player Tim, who is fully balding. And mm-hmm. I got to say, I really don't understand the men who like have absolutely no hair on the top of their heads, why they're clinging on to like that strip around the sides. Just just be a voluntarily bald man. Just shave it all off. You're only aging yourself by keeping that strip. But alas. He notices Chris. He's like, holy shit, Chris Brander, I saw you at the Grammy sitting next to Diddy. This guy's also still wearing his Letterman jacket, so clearly he never left town very much. Oh, um, yeah. You know, a peaked in high school situation. And then Tim asks Chris if he can have $5. And Chris is like, yep, you keep living the dream, Timmy boy. So Clark starts asking Chris, like, what happened after graduation? He talks about his move out west. And that's when we see that the bartender at the Maple is the one and only Jamie Palomino. Darla, like, mouths to Jamie that this is Chris Brander and she's like oh my god mm-hmm. and Chris turns his head he's shocked to see her she ducks behind the bar immediately he walks over 
sees her behind the bar. He's, she's like, oh, how are hey. you? And then, yeah, hey. comes around the bar and actually gives him a hug. And she's like, wow, you look amazing. And she's like, how long are you in town? He's like, oh, actually just tonight. Then Samantha comes over asking to leave because there is pee on the floor and hisses at Jamie. And Jamie's like, okay, well, it was uh, really good to see you again. And they hug. And she asks him to give her a call sometime. She's living with her parents. Then Jamie walks away and Tim comes over to Chris and he's like, oh, that Jamie is like a fine box of wine. In high school, you could never get with a girl like that. But now you can have whoever you want. You could definitely get with Jamie now. Chris gets like a light bulb above his head and he goes back over to Jamie and he's like, oh, well, you know, there's a chance the flight might be delayed tomorrow. What are you up to? What are you up to tomorrow? And she's like, oh, well, do you want to meet for lunch? He immediately like breaks his rule Mm. about not having lunch dates. And he's like, yeah. Meanwhile, Samantha is at the door (laughs) screaming his name. She's just like, Chris, 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 until finally Chris is like, I'm busy. And (laughs) she's like, I'm busy, you stupid dick. (laughs) I find Anna Ferris to be so hilarious. Oh, yeah. She's just so, like, tiny and, Mm -hmm. like, crazy. Like, she does the the unhinged girl thing so well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Every time I laughed in this movie, it was directly something that she said. Like, she's yeah. the only one that, that had me going in any way in this movie. Her delivery is just so spot on for mm-hmm. this character. Yeah. So they make this plan, and then Chris comes over to Samantha, and she's like, what was that about? And then grabs his dick and balls. <laughs> just, like, completely grabs them mm-hmm. to, like, keep him in line. Yeah. So... That night, Samantha is sleeping on Chris's bed. Meanwhile, he's sitting on the floor looking at all the old pictures of him and Jamie. He also finds a list that he wrote of 100 reasons that Jamie is the best. And I was I did pause to like see what some of them are cuz we obviously can't see the whole page, but some interesting ones that I noticed were She always has a tissue when I sneeze so I don't have to use my gym shorts like that one time in 8th grade. And she puts powder in her shoes. How chic. What is this? I don't know. I'm like, this must be literally pulled from the writer's life because it seems specific. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Chris wakes up and he goes to his brother, Mike, asking for a favor. He, you know, explains that he ran into Jamie last night and, you know, he's a different person now. And Mike is like, you know, you'll always be fat to me. And... I think Chris is literally like sitting on Mike's head as this conversation is happening and he squeezes his mouth shut and he's like, listen, I need you to detain Samantha. And Mike is like, say no more. The love of my life. I got you, buddy. (laughs) So later on, Chris drags Sam outside. He's like, you really need to get in touch with your fans, like with the people and puts her in the car with Mike. And she's like, Chris, aren't you coming along? And he's like, no, you have to do this alone. You got to go to the mall, baby. You have to go to the mall with my insanely horny 18-year-old brother. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the Palomino's, Mr. Palomino is getting out all of the Christmas decorations. They're huge. They have 
a robust amount of Christmas mm. decorations. I don't know where they store them in an abandoned barn, <laughs> in a second house, under a bridge somewhere. Right. Including this gigantic Christmas sign. It's like like Merry Christmas from the Palominos or something. And Chris drives up and says hello and um Mr. Palomino is like, hello, Mr. Valentine's Day. And he tells the guys on the lawn that every Valentine's Day, Chris would buy Jamie a dozen roses and it would drive Jamie's boyfriends nuts until they explained it was just her little friend, Chris. And Chris calls him a prick under his breath. And he's like, oh, yeah, your Christmas display is the best in town. And Mr. Palomino's like, it's the best in the state. Then in the car, Chris talks to his friend on the phone. He's like, yeah, I rented the nicest Porsche in New Jersey. I'm going to play it cool. She'll be eaten out of the palm of my hand in no time. Then Jamie gets in the car and she's like, oh, wow, the the Porsche. I bet the girls must love it. And he's like, Ugh. fuck. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's so ostentatious. This was just all they had at the rental place. Mm. Okay, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they then go to this diner that they went to all the time in high school. Chris is like, are you sure you don't want to go somewhere else? Because he's, you know, trying to pivot to romance a little bit more. And she's yes. like, no, we had to come here. Like, we have history here. So the waitress comes over and recognizes them. She sees Chris. She's like, oh, you're not chubby bunny anymore. And then... Yeah. She leaves. She's like, I have a surprise for you, too. So she goes off and Jamie is like, oh, yeah, chubby bunny, LOL. And he's like, yeah, thanks for reminding me I was fat, LOL. And we then have like a hard pivot. Jamie's like, so why did you disappear on me 10 years ago? (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, that was so long ago. I'm not that like pathetic little dweeb anymore because she asked if like he's still mad at her. And she's like, well, you were never a pathetic dweeb. And ask about his job. He just kind of like name drops a bunch of artists and like is being a total douche about it. And he's like, what about you? Like, how'd you end up working at the bar? And she's like, well, I don't like I work there, but I don't really work there. I'm just saving money because I'm studying to be a teacher. So I'm living at home and working He is, like, not even listening because he gets a phone call. He's like, oh, Hollywood's calling. Like, got to take this and, like, goes off to take the call. And she's just like, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. Because being a dick isn't going to get you what you want, Chris. Yeah, call me crazy, but just name dropping and being, like, a horrible person Mm -hmm. um, isn't going to make a woman like you. No. Maybe it'll be like, I want to steal his money. Yeah. I want to okay, put my number him. in your phone. <laughs> Venmo's five hundred dollars. Yeah. So we cut back to the mall where Sam is writing a new song. Mall people, they come and go. Small people, they just don't know. And Mike calls Chris. He's like, "How's it going with Jamie?" And he tells him he's treating her like every boyfriend she's ever had. <sighs> You have in not spoken to her school. in 10 years, right? Like Exactly. Ugh. Yeah, people don't change between high school and adulthood. I mean, clearly and, I mean, he you hasn't. didn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Mike asked Chris, since he's hooking up with Jamie, like, what if I went to Paris with Sam? And he's like, absolutely not. 
And Mike is like, okay, well, just think about it. Get back to me. And accidentally tases Sam with her taser. Oh, my God. And she falls over the mall balcony. That would kill somebody. That would be a murder. I'm honestly shocked there was no amnesia plot just thrown in there. Yeah, pretty surprising. (laughs) I thought that, well, yeah, I could not remember the plot of this fucking movie. So Mm -hmm. I thought when they got back and she's all loopy that she was going to be like have a concussion for like the rest of the thing and like not be able to record or something. Right. But immediately it was solved. No yeah. tension there. No problem. No. So we go back to the diner. Chris sits back down with Jamie and the waitress comes over with their food and she brings this like giant stack of pancakes with like chocolate syrup and candy and like whipped cream all on it for Chris. And he's like, um, this is not going to work for me. And she's like, well, this is what you always ordered. And he was like, yeah, when I was a whale. And is like quite rude to this way. I mean, it is very like presumptuous of the waitress, but he's also being very rude. So Jamie's like, the pancakes are fine. Relax. So the waitress goes off and she tells him that he is being rude. And he's like, she's the one being rude. Like, I can't eat this. I haven't eaten this food in 10 years. And she's like, all right, fine. You eat my sandwich. I'll eat the pancakes. Relax. And he's like, I'm just going to enjoy my glass of water. He's being such a dick. Such a dick. Especially because she's going out of her way to make him, like, to accommodate to him. Mm -hmm. But I think we've said this before. You can tell a lot about someone's character Mm -hmm. from how they treat a waiter. Like, if you go on a first date with the guy and he is being a jerk to the waiter. It's a no. It's a no. You got to get out. Get out now. Mm Mm-hmm. So afterwards, Chris drives Jamie home and like awkwardly says goodbye. And while they're walking to Jamie's door, she's like, great seeing you again. He's like, you know, glad I ran into you. And when they say goodbye, like Chris goes in for a kiss. What? But Jamie, <laughs> I, I know. What makes you think like this went well? Great question. Can't think of one sign that would have made him think that this went well. Mm-mm. Chris ends up giving her like a hug and like shaking her and then leaves. Did read yep. this trivia that the writer of this movie had this ha- had this happen had, to him. He did, he did this. That, yeah. So stupid. What's wrong with this dude? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so Chris goes back to the Porsche. He starts like freaking out and he's like and he like hits the visor and stuff while he's freaking out jamie comes back and sees him through the driver's side window Mm -hmm. chris finally notices her and like rolls down the window she's like hi i forgot my gloves and then walks away i kind of thought that in that moment she might say something like chris i know that was awkward like let's just try this again or like whatever but She just gets her gloves and leaves. Yeah. So Chris ends up going to visit Clark at work, who is, like, literally doing dental work on someone. I'm like, you can't just, like, go in and chat with your friend while he's doing a medical procedure on somebody. But (laughs) whatever. So And I think he works in a hospital, too. He does, yeah. Yeah. So – Chris is just talking about how he blew it and, you know, talks about the whole body shake situation. He's like, I'm right back where I left off in the friend zone. Okay. So that night, Chris goes home (laughs) 
and Mike is like, oh, we have a little problem. So he brings Chris into his room where Samantha is sitting with like a Bugs Bunny-esque like mm-hmm. ice pack thingy like wrapped Bandage around her, on her head. head. <laughs> and she is eating toothpaste. And um, Anna Ferris actually did post something on Twitter that this was actually real toothpaste. It's not prop stuff. Gross. <laughs> yep. He's like, what the hell happened? And Mike is like, she just had a little fall at the mall. She's fine. She's just a little loopy from all the Vicodin that we got from mom. So Chris is like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And they start fighting. And he like not even gives Mike a wedgie. He like fully pulls his underwear, like rips it off of his body. They then like start fighting. Chris pins him down. He's like threatening to spit on him. But that's when he gets a call from his boss And his boss is like, how's it going? And he's like, oh, it's amazing. Like, got it all under control. And Casey wants to say hi to Samantha. But Chris is like, oh, she's a little incapacitated right now. And that's when she, like, peeks her head around and just starts, like, spitting the toothpaste all over his face. It's, It's pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. And Casey is like, all right, great. Well, when you get back, we got a great marketing campaign lined up. And we just see the toothpaste <laughs> like falling out of her mouth. There's a lot of it, too. I'm like, the dedication of toothpaste from Miss I would Ferris. be gagging. Oh, absolutely. I can hardly brush my teeth without <laughs> gagging. So yeah. that night at the Palominos, they turn on all of their elaborate Christmas decorations. The sheer electricity being used irresponsible absolutely (laughs) so chris calls jamie and tells her he's stuck here another day and he wants to make it up to her and he's like you know what if we go ice skating jamie is like oh you you hate ice skating but he's like well i'm actually pretty good now suddenly mrs brander starts like dialing her friend lois and chris is like mom I'm, i'm on the phone and she's like what are you doing at Joyce's house? And Chris is like, I am in the other room. I am 10 feet away from you. And she's like, well, while I've got you here, do you want chow mein or pot roast? I think she's funny. Yeah, Carol's I enjoyed just her. on her own. Yeah. She's operating at her own frequency. She's a single <laughs> lady. Yeah. She's yeah. getting her Christmas sweater on. She's her cute little house. Go off, Carol. I can't remember if I talked about this in our Christmas with the Cranks episode, but I desperately want one of those like, cheesy like christmas vests that moms in like 90s movies always yeah. have i want one so bad oh my gosh i'm gonna have to like hit up a couple thrift stores and see if i can find one i feel like you would thrive in the late 90s early 2000s teacher aesthetic mm-hmm. where they just have like those really cute like long skirts yeah. and the boots and the like the turtleneck with the little yeah, vest. Yeah, yeah, the turtleneck. Oh, my gosh. And a, lo- a red lip. Yeah. I love. I even get, like, some really bad glasses just for, you know, prop. <laughs> prop purposes. Yeah. <laughs> you go as a teacher for Halloween next year. I'm an apple with a worm in it. <laughs> yeah. I have a really long my, ruler. The gears are always <laughs> turning. I'm always thinking. Yeah. We're always got Halloween costumes on the back burner. <laughs> yes. So the next day, Chris is looking for his ice skates in the garage, but Carol tells him that she gave them away years ago because he literally has not been home in 10 years. So why would she keep them? Although it is weird that he 
doesn't have the skates anymore, but his bedroom is exactly yeah, the, the same. shrine to Jamie stays intact. Right, right. The important things are intact. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? Like, I need my skates. I'm really good now. And I need them. To, I need to impress Jamie. And she's like, well, I'm sure you can rent a pair. And besides, you don't need to show off for Jamie. You just need to be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. Aww. Be yourself. <laughs> And she's like, also, once you're done in the garage, dear, me and Mikey are making snow angels. And she, like, runs back into the house. Oh, my goodness. And Chris is like, I don't want to be myself. Ah, I'm so angry all the time. And then he finds his, like, well, that's me editorializing. But then he finds his uh, snow globe collection. And is like, oh, whoa, my snow globes. I don't know why they even threw that in no there. No idea. So he has a heart, perhaps. Yeah, I they're don't know. like, oh, he's not a complete dick. The man loves snow globes? Question mark. (laughs) No one who's that awful could love snow globes. He's actually a good guy. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) they go ice skating and Chris is stuck with the rustiest, nastiest rental skates and just like isn't able to skate at all. And Jamie tries to like help him up, but he's like, no, I'm good now. The ego on this one. Oh, insufferable. So they start skating and he's like, oh, well, how's your love life? And she's like, oh, well, me and Marty broke up over a year ago. Pretty dull. And Chris asked her if Marty was another jerk and mentions how she dated a lot of jerks in high school. Again, that was 10 years ago. Exactly. Other people, not you, but other people like grow and change in that time. Mm-hmm. And Jamie is like, are you in love with anyone besides yourself? And he's like, I'm just dating, looking for my soulmate. And then looks at her and he's like, you didn't buy that, did you? And Jamie's like, try harder. So Chris tries to kiss her. And I'm like, that's not what she meant. But ends up just knocking heads with her and Jamie like falls backwards. This group of kids sitting on the bench recognizes her because she's their substitute teacher. So one of their parents comes over and they're like, oh, do you guys want to join our like pick up hockey game? And Jamie's like, oh, well, Chris is a really great player, but he has rental skates. And one of the kids is just like, a good skater can skate in anything. And Chris is like, oh, I'm in. Again, the ego on this one. My God. Mm-hmm. So during this pickup game, he is struggling big time with his shitty skates All the kids, like, yell at him. They even, like, whack the shit out of him with their sticks. He's, like, getting his shit rocked. playing rough. Yeah, they are. Jamie tries to, like, stick up for him, but all the kids make fun of him. And Chris is like, I got this. I can fucking do this, okay? So he, like, gets up, determined to prove himself. He ends up just, like, taking these kids out one by one. Like, he literally punches a kid in the face. And uh, he decides to do a slap shot. The puck hits like the the side of the goal and flies right back, nailing him between the eyes, knocking him on his ass. So naturally, they have to call an ambulance. The paramedics have to like drag his body up this like snowy little hill in the little stretcher to get him into the ambulance. And when Jamie sees his like blood filled mouth. She faints, but oh my god, luckily, she is caught by one of the paramedics 
who's the paramedic? <gasps> Dusty Dinkelman, aka Chris Klein. Whoa. And he's hot now. He is sexy. Yeah, he's he's very good looking. <laughs> so he's like, oh my God, Jamie Palomino, is that you? And she's like, oh my God, Dusty Dinkelman. He's like, well, actually, I go by Dusty Lee now, but like, wow, it's so great to see you. You look amazing. They're like totally hitting it <laughs> off. Chris physically starts like shaking in anger watching them you know speak and he ends up like (laughs) the stretcher ends up like shooting back down the hill and like flips over in a insane way yeah literally traumatizing the injury (laughs) i'm like this man's neck is broken it's it's (laughs) cracked it's in pieces Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So they ride to the hospital. Dusty and Jamie are in the van, and Jamie's like, "Oh yeah, I just moved back in, back into town. I'm living with my parents." And he's like, "No way, I just came back too." And he's like, "I really can't get over how great you look." And she's like, "Me? What about you?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, my skin cleared up. I lost my stammer, and I improved my guitar skills." And Jamie says Chris is in the music business. He could probably help you. Chris's mouth is full of gauze, but he does not want to help this man. No. Dusty asks Jamie out to lunch, and she writes her phone number on Chris's medical chart. Oh, my God. That's not allowed. No. And then something heavy falls off the shelf and just nails Chris in the balls. Yeah. So he's not having a good time. No. So we then go to the hospital where apparently the only injury that he has sustained is just to his teeth. No, like, whiplash from the insane fucking swan dive yeah, that the stretcher the did. Luge that he <laughs> yeah. took a trip down. <laughs> so Clark is, like, working on Chris's mouth. Chris recounts, like, the whole Dusty situation. And Clark is like, oh, yeah, Dusty, he works at the hospital. Use some competition. He's a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And again, a fundamental misunderstanding of women from Chris here, where he's like, Jamie doesn't date nice guys. She puts them in the friend zone and tortures the shit out of them. Okay. Why are you interpreting this as like such a personal attack that she doesn't like you? Like you think she's actively trying to to harm you and like hurt you by not dating you? She just doesn't like you, dude. Seriously. I hate this man. So Clark is like, I don't know. Like, Jamie's not the same as she was in high school. I think she's, like, maturing. She doesn't go for those guys anymore. And it finally breaks through in his teeny tiny little brain. His pea brain. That maybe Jamie actually wants a sweet guy like the old him. And you know what? I don't think he was that sweet before. I don't. It feels to me like a lot of the stuff he was doing – was in hopes that, like, she would turn around and like him, too. Like, it doesn't feel genuine. And that is something that, like, I felt in my, like, situation where basically, like, I was friends with this guy Mm -hmm. for a few years and we were really close and I, like, trusted him a lot and it turned out that he had feelings for me. I didn't return them. And then he started kind of, like, lying and trying to like manipulate me emotionally and it was not a good time we ended up like just not being friends but after that because it made me realize like oh this person who I really thought was my friend who I thought like 
cared about me as a person. I felt really used, like nothing nothing in our friendship was genuine because he was always like in the hopes. He was just pining for you, yeah. In the hopes that I would like return the feelings. And I was like, oh, I really valued this person as a friend, but they did not value me as a friend, only as like something else. And like that's such a shitty feeling. Yeah. That's why I don't trust like, oh, like I was so nice. I'm like, no, you had ulterior motives. Right, right. Like it's different if – you are friends with someone and the friendship grows into mm-hmm. more. And then if they're honest, they're like, hey, I've I've loved our friendship, but like I really have feelings for you. And then if it's like, oh, I don't feel that way, it's like I totally respect that and mm-hmm. I want to continue being friends, but I can't be this close to you yeah, because exactly. I have feelings. I need to take like a step away, totally. which like makes it sound – but again, that would be like a healthy, well-adjusted thing to do. Yeah. Like, you can't just um, shower someone with, like, love and affection and be like, we need to – like, if they aren't into it. Yeah. It's like, oh, my There's God. There's nothing you can do. It's just – it is what it is, and you have to move on. But before the scene ends, Clark then makes Chris wear this retainer until his stitches are ready to come out. So they're like, they're like ooh, he's reverting back oh, to high school, Chris. Wow. Whoa. Back at the Brander residence, Mike comes into Chris's room um, to see Samantha. He brings her magazines, flowers, and snacks. She's, like, unimpressed by any of it. She's like, these magazines are old. Those are daisies. I don't eat carbs. And then she apologizes for being a bitch. And she's like, I'm just going out of my mind with boredom. Plus, I'm super horny. By the way, how old are you? Oh, God. (laughs) he's like... Oh, I'm 22, 21, 19. I'm 18, 18. And she starts like purring at him and she's like, how often do you jerk off to my poster? And he says eight times a day, which is insane. I'm like, how do you have the time? How do you have the time? You need to save a couple of those. (laughs) And she takes off her dress and she's like, oh, my back is killing me. Like, give me a massage. He is beyond himself. Yeah. He is, like, ecstatic, absolutely trashes the ensuite bathroom, looking for some baby oil, and <laughs> pours it on her back. And then she's like, more, more. She's like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> and he um, gives her a massage. And that's when Chris gets home. <laughs> So he naturally, like, throws his 18-year-old brother off of Samantha, and her and Mike just start laughing at Chris's retainer, and they call him a doofus. And that's when Chris's mom calls him downstairs because a gift basket and a get well soon card have arrived for him from Jamie. Mm. So he then, like, starts dialing Jamie's number, and he was like, you're a pussy, you're a pussy, you're the biggest pussy in the world. And then when she answers, he's like, Jamie, hi. And I'm like, I hey, fucking Jamie. I hate this dude. So Sucks. He's like, Jamie, do you want to go see a movie with me at the local theater? We can see The Notebook. And she's like, really? You want to see The Notebook? And he's like, yeah, I love that movie. And then she gets another call, so she puts him on hold, and it's Dusty. Mm. And meanwhile, like, 
Chris and Mike have a back and forth. Mike is like making fun of him, whatever, whatever. It's not important. She then gets back on the phone with Chris and is like, yeah, I'll go to the movies with you. Like you're on my way to the theater. I'll come pick you up. Chris goes upstairs and Samantha is all packed and ready to go to Paris. Instead of telling her the truth, Mm -hmm. Chris like shoves her outside. He's like, you need to play a gig. And she's like, no, I don't want to. I'm not ready. And he's like, fine. I'm trying to like nurture you as an artist, but you're just a bubblegum pop princess and that's fine. And she's like, I am an artist, bitch. (laughs) And she gets into the car. As Chris is walking over, he like hands the keys to Mike who like walks through and like gets in the driver's side. The old switcheroo. Exactly. Samantha's like, you're not coming with us? And he's like, no, I have to do some work, but I'll meet you there. No. He's not going to meet them there. So back in his room, Chris is all showered and he's listening to, I swear, by the moon and the stars in the sky, I'll be there. Yeah, so he's listening to that and uh, gets ready for his date. Jamie shows up to pick him up, says hi to his mom and everything. And then who comes in behind her but Dusty? <gasps> oh, my God. Savage. And Chris is like, Dusty, like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I love the notebook. I'm joining you guys for the movie. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. Dusty then also, like, immediately charms Carol. He's like, Carol, I've seen you in forever. Oh, my God, you look amazing. They're chatting. And he's like, you know what? You should come to the movie with us. Wouldn't that be so fun? (laughs) And Chris is like, I'm going to fucking murder you. And she's like, oh, I wouldn't want to impose. He's like, Carol, it's no imposition at all. You get yourself in the car. Let's go. So... (laughs) They go to watch The Notebook. Dusty is sitting next to Jamie, who's sitting next to Chris, who's sitting next to his mom. And it's like, I confession, I've never seen The Notebook, but it's like- I mean, either. The scene when they're older and they're like together and everybody is crying. Chris is like so pissed that this is how his romantic evening with Jamie has turned out. Dusty and Jamie are both like crying and she's like, oh, Dusty- and she reaches over and holds his hand. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Chris's mom, who is also sobbing, reaches over to hold Chris's hand. And he's like... Hurt all. He's, he's, he's having a rough time. He's going through it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, turns out the coffee shop is now a metal venue. And Samantha gets up to perform. She's like, forgiveness. Saying sorry. And the crowd calls her Ashley Simpson. They throw shit at her. It's not going well. Yeah. It did make me realize, though, in this moment, I was like, she actually does kind of look like Ashley Simpson with, like, the blonde She hair. looks a lot yeah. like Ashley Simpson, for sure. Yeah. The face the face is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the night, Dusty drops Chris and his mom off at their house, and he's like, Chris – Make sure you wash the retainer frequently because your mouth is a cesspool of germs and bacteria. And at this moment, Chris has the retainer in his hand and he's like, now put that back in. And then Carol's like, put it back in. And Jamie's like, Chris, put the retainer in. Which I did. I thought that was a funny moment. 
Then Mrs. Brander invites them in for hot cocoa, but Dusty's like, oh, I volunteered to take over a shift at the hospital so Paul could spend Christmas with his family. And the women are just eating it up. Yeah. They're like, num, num, num. (laughs) And Chris is like, well, Jamie, you know, do you want to come in? And so she does. They all like sit on the couch together, Chris, Jamie, and his mom. And Mm -hmm. they watch, like, old home videos of Chris and Jamie back in high school. Then, like, at the end of the night, he goes to drive Jamie home. And he's like, oh, look what I found. It's an old, like, mixtape that Jamie made for him in 1995. So they listen to the tape together. They laugh all the way home. It's just like old times. And you know what? I The reason that I have a hard time, like – well, I mean, one of the many reasons I have a hard time rooting for the two of them – is that we don't actually ever get to see them having these good times. It's always like, oh, we cut to the like this scene and they're laughing. The old like, we don't, good times. Yeah, we don't get to see like them having fun, them like connecting as people. Never. We only see like him being obnoxious. And then it's like, oh, and now now we're like besties again, but we don't actually get to see any of those conversations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you there. It just – it doesn't work for me. And he drops Jamie off. That's when he gets a call from Mike and he's like, yeah, uh, we're at the metal shop and we have a bit of a problem. Like the crowd is turning on her and we see like everybody is heckling her. Samantha jumps into the audience and like tackles a dude and starts strangling him. Yeah. I mean so, she is winning that fight. It's true. I'm like at least <laughs> she's holding her own. So good for her. So Christmas Day comes around and Chris looks over his old note to Jamie. That's when Mike walks in and Chris is like, I'm going to go to Jamie's. If Sam wakes up, tell her that I'm meeting with Bono. But as they leave, Sam opens her eyes. She's heard this entire thing. rut Yeah. So Chris runs down to his Porsche, except he can't drive it because uh, Mike has left the window open all night. The car is literally frozen and he has to ride his bike to Jamie's house. And like I did read that in every car scene, like they had to have the windows rolled down because of the glare and stuff. But it was fucking freezing when they shot this movie. And like Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan gets really cold and it was like negative 40. And when it gets to that clo- like that cold, that's like you can spit and it will freeze before it hits the ground type of weather. <gasps> that's kind of cool. Do people just like you can't go outside? Like you just spend all the time indoors? Pretty much, yeah. That's hard. But yeah, so they had to wait until it got to like zero degrees so that they could film the exterior scenes. Like the ice skating scene and stuff, they had to wait till it got oh, to at least wow. zero to film oh wait we're talking about celsius yes okay we are talking celsius this is still cold but i different different kind of cold because i was thinking Mm. fahrenheit no no yeah that is okay so like negative 50 celsius is negative 58 fahrenheit it's negative 58 fahrenheit yeah oh i guess that wow that's a lot Mm -hmm. holy shit okay yeah Anyways, I digress. So it's fucking cold when they shot this movie. Yeah. Holy fuck. So Chris finally arrives at Jamie's family's Christmas party. There's like a lot of people here. This is a big Christmas. Mm -hmm. They go all out for Christmas. They do. The Palominos, they show down. 
So he shows up and we hear this little uh this guitar strumming. Who could it possibly be? It's Dusty. Absolutely shredding this hymn on the acoustic guitar. <laughs> Everyone is like entranced by him. They clap. Mr. Palomino is like, encore, encore. He then brings out another guitar with like two necks. It's very elaborate. And he's like, you know, Christmas is time you know, for giving the most precious gift you can give. And that is your heart. And he then tells Jamie that this is his gift to her. And he starts singing the song he wrote in high school. Jamie smiles and he can actually like make it through it this time. Jamie is like super happy. She seems to love it. Chris, he's been defeated once again. Yeah. He just tosses his little Christmas card and his list of 100 reasons that Jamie is the best on the table and goes into the other room. Back at the Branders residence, Mike is gargling. I'm assuming he has just brushed his teeth. He closes the mirror. Sam just appears behind him. She's like, where's Chris? And he's like, I'll never tell. And Sam just sticks her tongue in his mouth Ew. just violently. And he's like, Chris is at his lover's house. So back at the party, Clark tells Chris that Jamie's outside. He's like, what are you doing? And Chris is like, listen, I'm getting my butt kicked. Everybody loves Dusty. I just can't compete. And Clark is like, you're Hollywood. You date models. Dusty is Jersey. He skis in his jeans. It's Dinkleman. And he's like, it's Dinkleman. And he like gets his confidence back, heads outside, and he gets on the front doorstep where he mouths hi to Jamie and they exchange a look. And suddenly Sam like drives up to the Palominos, absolutely wrecks their gate, wrecks their front yard, just cruises in. She comes out of the car and she's like, you fucking slut. And this woman just goes, me? And she's like, not you wrinkles, you, and points to Jamie. That part did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. And she starts pushing her. This like guy holds her back and Sam is like, you're going to pay. You're going to – I'm going to get you fired. I hope you like living off of fucking uh, not unemployment. And I'm like, get her fired from what? Yeah. No, she means she's going to get Chris fired. Oh. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. So she tells the guy holding her back to let her go and approaches Chris. And he's like, what about your song? forgiveness and she just punches him in the throat and then drives away but on her way out the car like hooks onto the lights from the tree which causes the lights to come off there's like an electric fire the lights catch on fire and santa catches on fire he's there's a flaming reindeer yes (laughs) that lands on mr palomino's crotch yeah it's not going well just Thousands of dollars worth of damage. Yes. So Chris gets home. He listens. Well, he doesn't really listen. He just clicks through his voicemails. And they're all from Samantha. Like, her being like, hey, Chris, like, I just spoke to my sponsor. Super sorry about that. Uh, Maybe just call me back. Call me back. And somebody knocks on his bedroom door. And he's like, mom, like, go away. Carol's great. Yeah. Don't speak to her that way. Right. Just another reason to not like Chris. But he does go open the door, and it's not his mom. Mm -mm. It's Jamie. 
And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I will pay for everything. And she's like, I'm not here to collect. I want to talk to the guy who wrote this. And she holds up the list. So again, we cut past all of like the good times chat and like them actually being friends and any sort of connection. Right. And just like, oh, we finished looking at the yearbook and they're like eating ice cream together. And she asks if he wants more and he's like, oh, no, a gallon is my limit. She's like, oh, well, excuse me if I'm not one of your stick models from L.A. And like makes fun of him, him name dropping. Amy Smart is a mod. Like yeah, she's beautiful. Literally. And like you were teeny tiny. Right. And like fully the beauty standard. But whatever. Sure. She then like makes fun of his name dropping at the diner. And he's like, yeah, I was being lame. Sorry. And then – Another pivot, she's like, so is your life uh, everything that you hoped it would be? And he's like, you know, I always thought that if I had a huge career, famous clients, and a ton of money, that I'd be happy. And the truth is, I was right. I love it, especially in the money. And she's like, ah, you're so bad. And they laugh. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Christ. He has no depth. No depth. And he's like, what about you? And like, you know, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And she's like, I see myself teaching and getting married and raising a family. And they share a look because like this is, I guess, something that Chris wants but didn't think he could have or like he's imagining a life with Jamie, mm -hmm. something he has shut himself off to. But they share this look and he's like, oh, it's getting late. I should probably drive you home. And she's like, or uh, I could sleep over, you know, just like old times. Ooh. So Jamie is feeling some things. I don't know why, but <laughs> she is. Yeah. So she heads into the restroom and puts on one of Chris's button down shirts and like looks at herself in the mirror. She's like, oh, God. And then she comes out, like, slinking on the door frame. She looks incredible and just, like, jumps into bed with him and does this little finger crawl across Ugh. his chest. <laughs> Very flirtatious. Yeah. Okay. And Chris starts getting in his head immediately. He's like, I need to make a move, but he can't bring himself to do it. And after them just, like, awkwardly laying there, she turns over and she's like, hey, Chris, like, my feet are cold. Do you mind warming them up? And he does. He, like, kind of, like, spoons her, but not really. Yeah. And then just, like, sits there awkwardly. And she's like, hey, is everything okay? And she's like, yep, um, good night. And claps the lights off and just can't bring himself to do anything. Yeah, he has this, like, whole internal, like, monologue going on at this time. Yeah. Oh, like, this is it. You're finally going to, like, have sex with – I almost said Amy Sherman Palladino. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with Jamie Palomino. Don't even think about how weird tomorrow is going to be, which then, you know, like, of course, he starts thinking about. But the next day, we, like, kind of cut to Jamie. She's ranting to Carla about how her and Chris had this amazing night, and she tried to put herself out there, but he wouldn't make a move. Meanwhile, Chris is having, like, the same conversation with Clark where he's like, yeah, I couldn't make the move. Jamie thinks that she just doesn't compare to, like, the L.A. girls. And Chris is telling Clark that the timing wasn't right because it hit him. Like, after they sleep together, what happens? Like, does she move to L.A.? Does he move back here? 
And Clark is like, whoa, my brother, you're moving a little fast. But Chris says that it's not just sex to him. Like they have this whole history. So like it would it would have to be something. So he decides ultimately that he's just going to walk away. So later on, Chris makes a call to like his assistant or whoever. And he's like, get me on the 3 p.m. flight back to L.A. As they're walking out, Clark and Chris see Dusty singing Janice smiles <gasps> to a nurse. Oh my. Yeah. They realize Dusty is um playing the field. He's a playing player from New mm-hmm. Jersey. <laughs> so Dusty comes over to them. He's like, What's up, homies? And Chris is like, um, who's that nurse? And he's like, Oh, she's just another bee in the hive. It's great. The two biggest nerds from back in the day uh now have an audience with the hottest chicks in high school. And Chris is infuriated. Dusty's like, okay, cut the nice guy routine. I know what you're up to and I'm all for it. It'll be sweet revenge on Jamie. And Dusty leaves on a call and he's like, have fun with Jamie. I know you will. So they both suck. Yeah. Is what we find out. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't think like, I don't know how. Chris gets so high and mighty so right. quickly. I'm like, you but, are the same. Right. But suddenly Dusty is like the jerk and Chris is the savior. The saint. Know. Yeah. And like now he must save Jamie from this bad man who's doing like literally exactly what he was doing. But he really cares about her. So it's okay. Yeah. Last night when you were watching the movie and you texted me and you were like, I'm rooting for Dusty. I was like, oh, she's so I early know. on. <laughs> I was the beginning. Yeah, I but mean. We don't find this out until pretty late. I would say even. Like there's only 15 minutes left in the movie at this point. Right, right. Yeah. Like ultimately, Chris does express that he doesn't want to just sleep with her. He mm. wants a real relationship, whatever. But even if. Dusty is kind of fake. Mm-hmm. He is actually doing things to help people. He's like right. volunteering and he's like an EMT and he mm-hmm. has like all of these attributes about him that like I still find Chris to be like a shell of a person. Oh, totally. Yeah. And the fact that like Chris's character is so hollow and selfish and horrible, like they couldn't find any other way to redeem him than just be like, well, the other guy's worse. So now you should root for him because the other guy is worse. So by default, it's like he's the lesser of two evils. I'm like, no, they both suck and they should both stay away from Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, just move to a different school district or something. I don't know. (laughs) Date someone from another school. I don't know what to tell you. But like, (laughs) these dudes are terrible. So Clark is then driving Chris to the airport and, you know, talking about his life because uh, Chris literally doesn't care about Clark at all. Haven't heard a word about him. And I think that he and Darla seem really happy together. They have like a nice life. Mm -hmm. We don't learn a single thing about them besides they have a son in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then we get the second mention of this child at this exact moment where he's talking about like daycares for their son. Mm -hmm. And Chris is like, oh, cool story, bro. I'm literally not listening at all. Actually, I'm going to almost kill us by grabbing hold of the wheel and like doing an eight lane change so that we can, uh, instead of going to Newark, we can go and save Jamie from the bad man. And then he walks up to the Palominos, which their front yard is covered in soot. It is burnt. It is decrepit. It's destroyed. It's looking crispy. It crispy is the right word. 
So Chris Knox, it's looking like the Independence Inn. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris knocks on their door and Mr. Palomino answers. And Chris is like, I apologize for yesterday. I know you must hate me, but I really need to speak to Jamie. And he's like, well, she's off with Dusty. Where are they, you might ask? They're at church where Mm -hmm. Dusty is playing the organ for a kid's sing-along. Jamie has, like, organized this Christmas concert for the children. And I'm like, Christmas is over, but whatever. Chris (laughs) then sits in the pew next to Jamie and he's like, hey, like, we need to talk. Dusty thanks Jamie for, like, putting on this concert. He starts playing Jamie Smiles again. And I'm like, all right. You've milked this enough. You gotta you gotta switch it up. You gotta write a new song or just stop playing mm-hmm. it. So Chris like takes Jamie off like to another room and he basically reveals that like Dusty sang this song earlier to a nurse. He's just trying to get a revenge bang. And Jamie's like, that's so interesting because that's what Dusty said about you. Wow. And Chris is like, oh, he's just trying to outplay me. And she's like, I'm not a fucking game. And I'm like, Thank you. Finally, somebody has said to this man that he's acting like a dick. So Dusty then comes in. He's like, hey, do you guys want to sing a carol to celebrate the birth of our Lord? And then Chris (laughs) just like attacks Dusty. He like is fighting with him in front of the whole church. They have to separate them. He has a bad temper. He does. During the children's hockey game, Mm -hmm. during this. He literally hits children in this movie. Let us not forget. Yeah. So... In case you found yourself sympathizing with this dude, he continues to suck. (laughs) He's a child hitter, so think about it. Yeah. So they manage to pull Chris off of Dusty, and Dusty's like, what the hell, man? Like, this is a Christmas concert for children. And the kids are like, Miss Palomino, is this your boyfriend? And she's like, no. And the kids are like, good. We like Dusty better anyways. Dusty, Dusty. Dusty, (laughs) Dusty. Yeah, and then uh, Chris gets thrown out of the church. Yes, he does. Clark drops off Chris, and poor Clark, such a good right. friend throughout. He's like, hey, man, like, it'll all get better. You know, we'll go to the Maple tonight, blah, blah, blah. Chris doesn't say anything. He just gets out of the car, and he's like, okay, see you in 10 years. What a dick. Oh, my God. <sighs> So Mike asks Chris if he hooked up with Jamie yet, and Chris grabs his suitcase and a bottle of liquor and heads out. He's like, bye, see you later. So at the bus stop, Chris sits with Tim, and they are getting drunk together. The bus finally arrives, and he's like, a dude to sucked in. But he immediately gets thrown off the bus because he's drunk, and he's like, pull my finger, pull my finger. And he lands right in front of the maple. So he goes over to Jamie and Dusty, and Chris tries to apologize to Jamie. She calls him an asshole, walks away, and Dusty tells Chris he blew it, and he's going to bang Jamie. Jamie's like, go home. Then Chris notices Dusty's CD. This is like the CD they're putting up on the wall or something, and he starts making fun of it. And Jamie's like, quit it. Dusty and I are friends. And Dusty's like, yeah, not for too long, I hope. And Jamie's like, wait, what? And he's like, well, I've been meaning to talk to you. Like, I think we should take our relationship to the next level. And she's like, Dusty, I I think you're a really nice guy. Funny, charming, sweet. But I just don't have those feelings for you. And he's like, "Um, 
I wrote you that song and I worked like really hard on it. What kind of girl would you be if you didn't put out for me? And walks off slapping a girl's ass on the way. So I'm like, well, at least he fucking left and we don't have to deal with him again. Chris, however. He's permanent. (laughs) He's still here. So Jamie asks Chris like what he's doing here messing with her head. And he's like, oh, I've been messing with your head for three days. You've been torturing me since the sixth grade. He's insane. I literally hate this man. I'm like, it's not about you. She just didn't like you. It's not. I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why, because you're a fucking dick. It's not a tactical, torturous move that she's been pulling. She's like, oh, it'd be so fun to like hurt this guy and mess with his feelings. No. So she's like, oh, because I wouldn't screw you in high school. Get over yourself. And he's like, oh, well, after years of you being the biggest tease, I am so over myself. Oh, my God. Literally infuriating. And she's like, oh, I'm the tease? I practically threw myself at you the other night and you did nothing. And then he says, and now you know how it feels. Okay. The contempt that this man has. What is this retribution? It's so fucked up. I'm like, you clearly don't even actually like her. You actually hate this woman. Like, you hate her so much. The way that he's treating her, yeah. Be how you hate someone. It's insane. I'm like, you don't even like her. So she tells him to just walk away like he always does. And he's like, I'm not walking away. I am running back to my great life in LA. Oh, I'm sure. And then he gets really personal. Have fun being the girl who peaked in high school. And so she hits him and he says, you slap like a cheerleader. And so she punches him. Okay. And Chris gets thrown out of the bar on his ass. So Chris takes a flight right back to LA. What's waiting for him in his house? Samantha making cookies. Yeah. And she tells him everything is all good. And like by making me jealous, you inspired me to write the best song full of angst and hate. And says, you and I are going to be the greatest music and manager team since Jessica Simpson and her father. Only we get to and they can't because it's illegal. I know. I looked it up. And then she starts playing the new and improved forgiveness. Forgiveness is more than saying sorry. True. (laughs) (laughs) Chris grabs her guitar and he's like, no more. And she's like, it's cool if you want other girls. I like girls. (laughs) Darla. (laughs) But Chris tells her he only wants one girl. And it's not her. She tases him immediately, like on sight. Tases his dick. And she's like, why don't you like me? And he manages to get on top of her. And he's like, this isn't how it works. You can't force or torture someone into liking mm. you. You're supposed to put yourself out there and hope they like you back. And she's like, I'm sorry if I'm not the most boring person ever. And I'm sorry if I'm not poor. And I'm sorry if I don't have a fat ass. <sighs> he just like yeah. leaves. It gets right back. This man has been traveling too yep. much. I'm like, you got to stay put. Change your clothes. Take a shower, man. Maybe uh, start putting some feelers out for a good therapist. That would actually be the best thing yeah. for you to do. 
So he flies back to Jersey. It's New Year's Eve. He goes to the bar looking for Jamie, but Clark is like, oh, she's at home. So he goes to the Palomino house. Jamie opens the door, but when she sees it's Chris, she immediately shuts it, as she should. And he apologizes for the things that he said, for being a bad friend. And the truth is that he's afraid to be her friend because he's always going to want more. But he'd rather have her in his life as a friend than not at all. And I'm like, this is also not healthy. Mm -hmm. She opens the door and he's like, that's a lie too. And she asks why he's back here. And he says, I hate this speech. He's like, because I want to take you on a date no matter what time of day it is. As long as it's a real date with you. And I want to tell you how beautiful you are inside and out. And have babies with you. And marry you. And I love you. I always have. And then he kisses her. It's like very – it's too much. It's very abrupt. She like kind of is taken aback and pulls back. And he's like, I'm sorry. It was like 20 years all at once. But then they kiss again. And the last scene of the movie is we see the kids next door who are like, ew – I can't believe she's like, what is she thinking? Picking that guy. Mm -hmm. Astute observation, children. (laughs) And then we see that the, the cycle of women torturing men continues because the little boy hands the girl a cookie and she's like, thanks. And then she turns and offers it to the other boy. And she's like, you're such a good friend. And he's like, uh-oh. Oh, no. And that's the end of the movie. <sighs> I hope that this writer got help. I hope so. Because I'm like, you have some deep-seated, like, shit that you're not addressing. Mm-hmm. You're taken out on women. Yeah. I think that – because I'm trying to figure out, aside from me just liking Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds and the mm-hmm. plot of this movie, like, what is the – big thing like the big issue and I feel like it just well the pacing was bad there isn't any love scenes between Jamie and Chris like we don't get to see them build their relationship and then there isn't like a good like there's just not a clear style in the movie because I know around this time like other movies had really like out there comedy. Like I'm thinking of movies that Anna Ferris has been in, like Scary Movie or House Bunny and stuff, where it's like the comedy is like physical comedy. It's really like edgy, like people are like cursing or like saying stuff and like it's really out there and in your face. But the way that they used it in this movie, it wasn't cohesive with the overall um theme of like him trying to get with this woman yeah, who he's loved all this time. Because it just doesn't – like that whole goal does not mesh with the comedy style that they used. No, definitely not. Like I I really enjoy Anna Faris's performance. I think she's very funny. But she is in like a completely different movie than everybody else. Oh, yeah. Like I understand there being like an outlandish, wacky character. But it's so much that it is jarring. Like it's funny. But it it just, like, the tone is kind of all over the place in this movie. I agree. Because even her performance, like, it is totally different. Which I I like her performance, but it doesn't fit in. And also, like, the Ryan Reynolds, like, sharp, weird robot. He's just not soft and, like, cohesive. And 
also Mike, he's like doing this like outlandish comedy thing. Like, I just, I, I don't know. know who this movie is for. Like, because it's a rom com. That's what it's supposed to be. Right. But I don't feel like this is a rom com for women. No. I think it's, I think it's geared towards men, I guess, who typically aren't the target audience for rom coms. So I'm like, who's watching this movie? Like, I just don't, I don't really see exactly what demo it's fitting into. I, I get, I mean, I talked about it a lot. I really hate the plot of this movie. I hate the kind of like moral of the story. I think that it also, we don't really get insight into why now suddenly Jamie has feelings for Chris when he's acting so horribly. Mm -hmm. Like, it would have made more sense if they hinted yeah. towards her having feelings when they were in high school or something like that. Right. But no, they right. were like, oh, no, she doesn't like him. And it's because he's fat. And that's the only reason. And now he's not anymore. And now she likes him. I'm like, that's such a superficial It doesn't make sense because take. she's also supposed to be yeah. a good person yeah. generally. Like, she's very nice. She's super understanding and empathetic. So that doesn't line up with her personality. I think it should have been she should have been consistent in like never having feelings for him. Mm -hmm. And if we want to see him like learn the lesson of like, Oh, you need to value people as people. I think that he shouldn't have ended up with her in the end. No, I hate that he like wins. I also don't like that. He wins because he didn't do enough work to, to earn that. Yeah. He did not redeem himself. All they did was lessen the competition and therefore, by default, he looked like the better guy. It definitely felt like all the decisions he made and his choices, it was all for our protagonist, Chris, to realize that he was going about things in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And then once he clarified that, the woman suddenly loved him. Yeah. Like she has no thoughts or feelings or free will. It's just like, oh, once you work on yourself, like that person that you've always wanted to be with will be with you. No, sometimes you're you're just not going to be with that person. That's just how it works. Sometimes you can really love someone platonically and not have those romantic feelings, no matter like how much how amazing you think they are, how great you think they are. Sometimes it's just not there, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. So why? Why force it into this narrative? It, it, they didn't earn it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Chris Klein. I I would have actually really liked to see this movie with Chris Klein as the mm. protagonist. Yeah. Because I think he plays things a lot more dynamically. Because even though he's like the douche in this – the way he does it with like a softer edge. Yeah. I I would have liked to see if he could add a little more nuance into Chris's character so that we could see like that balance between like, yeah, he's putting on airs because he wants to seem impressive mm -hmm. in front of Jamie, but also he does have that heart of gold. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's just a different movie. Yeah. So I don't that know. That would be with like a redeemable main character, but that's not what we yeah. have here. Yeah. So I am really curious, though, for like the people who like this movie, I would love to hear like why, what about this movie speaks to you? What is yeah, it? Yeah, tell us a little more. I would love to know because like I, I simply don't get it. I don't see it. It doesn't resonate with me. But if you if you want to make a case for this movie, we are all ears. Absolutely. Yeah. So hit us up in the DMs. But I guess should we rate it? <laughs> 
I was thinking a two or a three. I'm going to give this movie a two. <laughs> There's just almost nothing that I like about it. I'll give it a three. So like a combined <laughs> score of 2.5. Yeah. I hope that people don't hate us. <laughs> I hope not. Like, I don't know. It just, it also just makes me sad that this is like a Christmas movie. Cause I'm like, this is not the Christmas spirit that I want to feel. <laughs> I want to feel upset. Right, I wanted to do, you know what Christmas movie I was gunning for? The animated Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I've never seen it. I don't know why I love that <laughs> Christmas movie. I love the animation style. Yeah. If you love this movie, I'm sorry that I don't like it. I apologize, but it's just, it's not for me. And I know yeah. I have my own like personal experiences with this situation, so that makes me like extra... Yeah, judgmental I mean, of it. I don't have those experiences. I'm I'm just looking at this as like mm-hmm. this is supposed to be a rom com. Yeah, I didn't see the romance, and I didn't see the comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if you want to make a movie with a plot that I'm like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. At least make it funny. Yeah, so I'm like laughing the whole time. Right. Exactly. Like scary movie is so stupid, but it's so funny. Yeah. There's there's definitely like opportunity for comedy i feel like it just didn't didn't land for me personally yeah but love anna ferris she was great love uh the actress that played carol she was great chris klein did a good job amy smart was was, yeah she was good i didn't have any issues she didn't really get a lot of room to to do much so yeah i wish they gave her a little bit more but yeah, if you love this movie, let us know. Let us know what what you like about it. Yeah. With that being said, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode still. And uh, we're excited for one more Christmas movie. We only have one left. Oh, my gosh. Which is wild. But um, we're really pre-recording the episode. So we're like only on December 3rd. And yeah. it's like one Christmas movie <laughs> left. And I'm like, what? No. Yeah, but I am really excited for next week's episode. Um, it was one that we wanted to have on the schedule anyways, and you guys voted for it, so it should be fun. If you enjoyed this, you want a little more content, you can always join our Patreon. We did Falling for Christmas, a great time. You can also follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. Or you can always send us a good old-fashioned email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Interested in collaborating, interested in having an internship, um, interested in us giving you advice, email it. And we will see you next week for our last Y2 Christmas movie. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.